Oh wait, I have to get my notes out too. I have many notes. <laughs> notes, notes. Okay. <laughs> so much to talk about. Okay. Well, it's our second remote recording. Yeah. Cross our fingers and see how it goes. Um, I'm okay. very excited to talk about this. I'm excited and I'm excited to talk about this season. Hi. <laughs> Hello, I'm Liska. And this is Cries in Norwegian, a podcast about scam and all of its multiple parallel universes. universes. Today, we are traveling all the way to España, season three, temporada tres. I mean, I feel like we've been pretty open about how we like España. Oh, yes. And I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm trying to like, I'm torn between like being a, like just gushing over it and kind of just being like moderate yourself, like be a normal person. But I really just want to gush. And also, I'm going to swear a lot in this episode. This is going to be a swearing episode for me. Just, I'm not even going to censor myself. But I fucking love this season. I think it's super hard to watch. I mm-hmm. felt sick sometimes watching it. I, You know, I usually binge stuff. I did not binge this one. I spaced it out over the weekend. But that said, I think it's a fantastic season of television. And I'm so glad what they chose to focus on and stuff. Okay, so that's my, like, gut first reaction. I did watch it live. And I did use to rage text you. Yeah, uh, no, I understand why it was definitely an experience and it was mixed okay so on the one hand I think it is fantastic I think it really is a really bold choice that they made and I think they did a really good job with it I think it's refreshing especially because we've seen the story not the story this season so many times so I think it is really also another bold choice to say no I'm gonna make this version of this story and then also because uh, Norando is such a big uh, part of the fandom and you're kind of telling those fans great that's not what this season's gonna be about yeah I could see people who are tuning in who are fans of the original who really want to see that story told again being pretty upset and as established it's also not a pleasant viewing experience oh yeah so like so like this was like nine weeks of this right if you were watching it clip to clip i think that sometimes i would be like all right i'm gonna catch up at the end of the week or something because i was like i didn't want especially like if i knew Mikel was gonna be in a clip i remember the clip where jorge walks up to nora and it's like hey uh what do you want why don't we call collab for the fundraiser uh-huh. uh so the thumbnail was jorge's face so everyone like clicked on it and they were like we've been tricked because there's a lot of Mikhail in that because there's a lot of Mikhail yeah before though I did want to talk about like the scam verse do we want to talk about the scam verse okay yes 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 so the big news is that Gama España season four is premiering September 2nd yes Oh my god, I'm so excited. We just so, watched it in time. <laughs> I do you want me to send you the trailer? Yes. It came out it came out today. There's a flashing at the beginning that says April 9th. So as in like when they started shooting. So they're framing it as in like gonna tell you what happened. Uh, and oh, then I, interesting. Like, I don't know, like, whatever. Like a we'll see. I don't know how they're gonna, but yeah, that's like, because you get two dates, you get 9 of April, and then you get September 2nd as like the actual release date. And Danny is heavily featured, but there is also definitely a Yusef. Um, okay. So that's all I have to say about that. All, okay, all so on the one hand, like on the one hand, I've definitely been like, I trust Espana, they'll do something good. On the other hand, if they let me down now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm gonna be upset, but okay. Oh, wait, okay, yeah. You, last I heard from the What the Fuck fan account, they were supposed to start filming, but COVID numbers were going up. Technically, we don't know who the main is, but I feel like it has to be Sana. And then I want to apologize to everyone. 
because last time we talked, I completely forgot that an entire season of Scanitalia had dropped. Oh, right. On Netflix. And it was really weird because one of the things about the Italia fandom, and part of the reasons why they also get into fights with everyone, is because it's usually a pretty, like, alive fandom. And I felt like everyone was, like, super into the season for a weekend. Kind of like what happens with Netflix. And then we didn't talk about it. So it was really weird not to have those, like, 10 weeks of talking about a season of Scam Italia or Scam in general. Totally. That's so interesting as a comparison of the two models like the the like the whole debate over whether to uh dump a whole show at the same time or space it out and how that impacts the viewing experience yeah and i remember even telling you that i actually liked it yes there are certain scenes and certain choices that when we get to it we will discuss because especially because i'm like italia you already know what people are saying about you so why do you make these choices (laughs) but overall i actually quite liked it and i quite liked some of the changes that they made and i had a really pleasant time watching it and uh, I missed them and it was fun seeing them and I still love Filippo and like but yeah just forgot that it had even come out so that tells you something about (laughs) the state of things. Interesting yeah and and the benefit of a long period of time where the audience is dedicated to a show as opposed to a day or a weekend yeah. Yeah for sure and I think we've become a lot more snarkier with like Netflix's uh, model of canceling stuff two or three seasons in. In particular because especially if you're someone who's a lover of television it's like you're not uh, so so many choices have their greatest season in season five and if you don't give a show the chance to grow the characters to like surprise you to like take you in new directions it's like uh, there's there's just so much loss there yeah Uh, you know if I think about like someone made a point of like uh you know Schitt's Creek became popular on Netflix right Netflix wouldn't have lasted the six seasons that it lasted if it had been actually a Netflix show. It, it had started then. Yeah, but yeah. it's a TV show that was distributed later on in Netflix. I found that uh, fascinating. Um, by yeah, and also like one of the, I mean, the, like, the reason, like what the difference between TV and movies, I mean, the thing that makes TV special is that you live with characters for a long time. You get to know them yeah. uh, as opposed to sort of like seeing it it and finish it like mm-hmm. most movies exactly. so, so you- yeah thinking about like the last sort of great or at least recognized great dramas even of network tv i can't even imagine like the good wife for example without season five season five is to this day like when people are like an almost near perfect season of like television in network tv in the last 10 years season five of I can even tell you the episode that people talk about, hitting the fan. I can watch hitting the fan and be like, oh my God. But every single rule that they break or every single expectation, it's because I've spent five years and 22 episodes per season with right. these characters. So that's why right. it hits the way it hits. So I guess most people, if you're listening, I assume, know what the deal is. But why don't we kind of explain what we're talking about when we say that this season is different, just as a sort of context situation. It is still not a racist season, but usually when we talk about Nora, we're talking, it's the Norhelm season, right? So the William and the Nora, which is like sort of like the first iconic thing that um, Scam gave the world that made it so popular in Norway. And yet one of the things that we've talked about and that people have talked about is there's something about the nature of that relationship that can be interpreted as... Problematic? Yes. Toxic? Problematic. Let's say problematic. Okay, okay. And, and, it, and it is. I also understand what about it works, as, as we've discussed. 
and I've liked problematic chips before. And in the case of Zafania, as always, Nora and Arjando were actually really popular. Nora and bro. People really pumped about them. And because they switched the order of the seasons, we actually had season two, where we got the chance to see Alejandro and Nora be friends or friendly. Uh, yes, they grew that over that whole mm -hmm. season. Yeah. And they got a lot of stuff out of the way, I feel like. Yes early on uh mm -hmm. even a lot of that problematic shit so in a way they were like okay we're not gonna sort of make this season about nora and alejandro that they're not gonna be the focus not because we don't love them in fact it's kind of like because we love them but as writers there's this other thing that we're more interested in and that we think is more important and that's what we're gonna focus on so we're gonna introduce this other character uh and yet at the same time that also gives us a chance to look at some of the iconic moments and even some of the tropes that make Norhelm Norhelm and give them a different lens to explore them through. One where you can say, yes, there might be something problematic there. I mean, I yeah. can't, I'm not, I wouldn't dare speculate. That's why, that's why I'm, that's why I'm kind of like, when I talk about my opinion, but here I feel like I'm kind of being speculative about the motivations right, right. of people I, mean, I don't other really know. Than Right, right. I mean, other than just like, you know, this is a story we're more interested in telling. I don't know that I would speculate more than that. But I do, for me as an audience member, and I, I totally understand everyone who wanted to see Nora and Alejandro because they like that ship and they wanted to see that and they're upset. I would be very much so. I think going into it a little more, uh, I don't know, blind or just like take me where this journey goes, like with no, not as much expectation. Um, I love love, love the choice of having basically Alejandro and Nora break up in... So in the first 10 minutes. Be and, and here's my experience of it is that, in, first of all, just as like a fun, not a fun thing, but just like a side effect, is that it really made me want to see them together. I can't remember if there were any seasons of Nora Helm stories where I particularly shipped or like wanted to see them together. Uh, I'm sure there was at least one other, but definitely this one, I was like completely like heartbroken and wanted, you know what I mean? Like, every time I tried talking to her. It, it I was, it, yes, me too. And I and wanted, I'm like, like, get over, get past this obstacle, you guys. <laughs> I know there was definitely, well, I do remember that we both like Alejandro inexplicably. <laughs> and, and I was trying to explain this because I, I watched the season a lot of it. I mean, I watched the season with my mom and I was trying to, and she has not seen season one or two. She has seen the OG, but yeah. So I was trying to be like, there's just something about Alejandro where I look at him and I just, I don't feel threatened. Totally. Yeah. And I look at William and I, there's a lot, there's a lot there. There's a lot of energy there. And some of right, it is right, right. intriguing and some of them is like negative and positive. And that's kind of, I can see the appeal there. Alejandro, I can see the appeal, but it's a different type of, yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, and it's, they're both good looking guys. There's nothing to do with that. It's just like, it's it, energy, I think is a really good word that you just used. And here he seems like a reformed quote unquote, like a guy who was a jerk and he says as much. And he got to know Nora, and I keep saying Nora, Nora, and kind of calmed down. I really feel for him because, like you said, those scenes where every time he seeks her out, I can feel him struggling to find the right word. Yeah. Uh, but I don't doubt the sincerity of him trying to find the right words. Completely, completely, yes. And it's interesting to contrast him with Mikkel, and I kept thinking about, okay, I'm just going to jump and reference something from the very end. It's when Nora is telling him that she has to cut off all communication with him. And he he's like, okay. And she says, doesn't that bother you? And he says, yeah, but it's what you want. Um, and so, so, so yes. like, the, I thought it was a perfect contrast of 
two people who care, who care for her, quote unquote, and yet one puts himself over her and one puts her over himself. And yeah. which is the sort of truer or at least healthier, better love. I thought it was really interesting too. I'm going to try to only say bold so many times. But when you're watching it and Nora, Nora and Alejandro break up in like the second scene of the season, you're like, whoa, like what right. is happening, right? And so right. that, that, so it's like, this is a story I've seen told so many times and I feel a little unbalanced. I'm like, I don't know where you're going with this. Even though I can see some of the crumbs of like the similar storyline uh, for Nora, because like he's trying to make the argument that he's trying to make the request of, hey, we don't have to see each other every day. And then she jumps to certain conclusions and he's trying and struggling to basically argue the world isn't black and white. Why can't we like talk about this? I'm either into you or not. No, completely. And so, okay, so kind of what I was going to say earlier and then I kind of forgot because there's so much to talk about. I was going to say part of why I think it's brilliant that they did it this way is that I really think in so many ways, this is a movie, uh, sorry, a season about Nora Helm. I mean, maybe more, maybe much more specific than that, it's about Nora. By doing it this way, they focus, they like, they were able to sort of laser focus in on her and create this journey for her. And by the end of it, you know, there's a potential for her future. Like she kind of matures. She goes from a person who, when he says, we need some space and she's like okay well then we're breaking up to by the end she has recognized i mean so many things i don't even it's like i think it's too early to start digging into all the different things but basically she has grown and she is now more ready and and less i don't know judgmental or harsh. yeah yeah, yeah. a little uh, bit rigid. yeah rigid rigid That's and, and that is and that is kind of the key part of the nora arc like yeah totally is she's very sure of what she belie- believes which is great but then she also has this sort of like rigid, strict, uh, black and white view of the world, which is yeah. not so great. Uh- <laughs> yeah. And one thing I kept thinking of, you know, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Sondheim and Into the Woods. And especially early on in this season, I kept thinking of that uh, song of Little Red writing, Little Red, where the line from it that kept in, that was in my head is, isn't it nice to know a lot and a little bit not? And I feel like that is the motto of the season for her, uh, where she has an experience where she actually learns, but it's a very painful process. And you know, here's the other thing that I, as a writer, really liked. It is not an easy story to tell in nine weeks. Totally. The fact that they pulled it off as well as they did is, uh, I give them. I give them major props. I, I think there are some brilliant, brilliant moments of writing and directing. España has always been more subtle than certainly than Italy and even than OG, sort of like less not, not flashy. So I don't think so much season one from what I remember. I kind of remember them always being sort of, well, season one I thought was probably the weakest of the three España seasons. But season one, I, most... I, I, I have, I, maybe I should have re-listened. Yeah, yeah, I felt like from what I remember, our criticism was more like, it feels the most like typical high school show. I would see it on my TV, but maybe that was just the way it was filmed. Not so much. Uh, yeah, I remember feeling it was kind of, um, they were just a bunch of kids and we were following them and there were interesting stories, but I wasn't super, I don't know. I didn't have this like 
cohesion that I'd come yeah. to expect yeah. from yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think shows. it's like that, but go on. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So, but I actually was speaking actually specifically of the, um, of the filmmaking, where it's just like a less flashy style, you know? Yes. Italia yes. is all designed. Oh my God, so <laughs> much. Yeah, you're right. OG and Italia are definitely more, much more of that. Yeah. Yeah. And this show takes this kind of really subtle, uh, almost slice of life, I think is what we called it when we were talking with Adriana about it, approach. And I feel like they, they did it really well in season two and they perfected it, in my opinion, in this season. There are so many subtle choices in um, in the writing and staging of scenes. I cannot wait to get into some yeah, of those. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I was going to say. I think I part of the reason why I feel so much love to España is because I feel like I've watched it grow. Uh, totally. <laughs> like in writing, in shooting, the actors. Uh, actors, totally. And yet, so 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 it's like a journey we've been through together. Uh, and I'm <laughs> totally. proud of them. <laughs> yes, totally. You feel like uh, part of the family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of broke up my thoughts on this. Uh, I have some of Nura herself. I have Nura's family and her sister. And Perfect. then I have... Because I, the- I, I usually try to do a little list and that's how I try to but I didn't really have time. So I was trying to do it now. So then I'll, I'll let you take the lead on, on right. this. <laughs> yeah, dangerous, treading in dangerous waters if I'm in charge and stuff like that. I guess I've kind of talked about Nora a bit as a standalone, as, as a character of her, of her set, of, her, of herself. I think the only other thing that maybe I would add is sort of like her place within the girl squad. I think that they're very comfortable with each other always, but, but she, there is, there is still this guardness of her around her it's not it's not like later on where she's like deliberately keeping things from them definitely she's definitely very aware of the image that they have of her uh at that beginning and really wants to keep it right yeah she the the show does a really good job in the first in the early episodes of kind of establishing certain things about her her character and her personality i i love nora og nora obviously but i have to admit i think nora espana feels like a more real person. Nura, OG Nura goes through a lot of stuff and her, her journey is interesting. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to like, it's not even like a better than, it's just yeah. not an orange thing. But Nora, España, <laughs> she just seems like such a great mixture. And I was, I was skeptical of the actress when, when I saw her in the, in the original. I was like, how is this going to work out in season three? I don't know. But she seems like such a brilliant mixture of, uh, OG Nora's maturity mm-hmm. um, and her own naivete. Yes. And that yes. has to do with also with like the casting of them a little bit younger. So I thought that it worked out really well. And then they set up certain things about her early on. They talk about how mature she is, how she's a goody two shoes. All the girls kind of re- re- recognize this. Um, and you're totally right that she's very, she seems very invested in like keeping up that image. And that yeah. plays a role later when she's, when she doesn't want to talk about her problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and yeah, and then I don't want to talk about it too much right now. But the other part that I thought they did really well in terms of that is like, there she is that way, except with Ella. Like, and so that best friendship of them is one of the things that they've done the best since season one. Like, it never feels like it was dropped. It felt like I always believed it, uh, and it was very consistently there that bond between the two of them. Yeah, one, as an overall thought about this season, I would say that Girl Squad always felt like a friendship group. 
Yeah. And I think it has to do with that like slice of life quality. I never felt like I was getting too much of them or too little. I think the very clips probably helped that balance because yes, yeah, you sure. would get some of, you would get some of the other characters in that as well. Um, but like little just little things like the way Chris when she sees uh, uh, Nora in the hallway and like yells and come you know and comes up and grabs her and hugs her. They, were, they just did like a really great job of making me feel like these are friends who are in the same school. They see each other. They you know they talk yeah. about homework and each other you know so um and, and another thing they kind of set up early on I noticed that like she's and maybe this is kind of what you're talking about actually it's totally what you're talking about about putting up a front she presents herself as very tough mm -hmm. and very controlled yes. but as we find out more she's actually very afraid yes. and so at some point I remember when it gets to uh, her sister Emma and talking about talking about her backstory I suddenly realized I almost feel like how do I how do I put this when Alejandro, she pushes Alejandro away at the first sign of rejection, like so yes. completely. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it, it speaks to that like fear of being vulnerable and fear of control. I'm in control. I made so, the choice to break up. I make the choice not to be sad. So my yeah. mom at some point goes, even though she enjoys me, my running commentary every time Alejandro's there, she's like, well, honestly, Nora doesn't seem that broken up about it. Like at the end of the day, he's more broken up about it. And I was like, yeah, but it's because she went into that relationship kind of like people who go into their wedding day going, well, there's always divorce. Uh, so she's <laughs> like, I'm in control. I'm never going to give up more than I'm willing to give. And that's just yeah. not, and, and like, and, and even <laughs> though she has grown to like him much more, she can't forgive what she knows about him. She can't look yeah. beyond that. She can't, she can't take that leap. Yes. Yeah. She, that's, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. Yeah. She, she, there's a, like a degree, like that relationship with Alejandro, even if Mikhail had never happened <clears throat> or if the breakup had never happened would eventually have happened. There's a, like a yes. degree to which she wasn't ready to invest. And exactly. I do believe yeah. by the end, and I believe by the end of her experience with Mikhail, she would, now that she has literally gone through the worst, I mean, I guess there are definitely worse things in this. So I, I don't want to say that, but she's gone through like a really hard experience. I think she'll have a lot more ability and kind of courage to really be with Alejandro. That's why I was saying, yeah. I think it really is kind of a, nor in a weird way, it's a Norham season. Uh, it is about yes. wanting to set, see them come together at the end. I think, I think it is. And I think that's why the second to last clip is about, the first clip is about them and the second to last clip is about them. Like, I think the show still deeply cares about that relationship. Totally. Uh, it just made a choice not to make it the focus of the season it's like they're in the background it's given it's time it's given its respect it's just not the story that they're choosing to tell right now yeah yeah. yeah yeah i i i love it i love it i'm making thing i love it so should we talk about her family and her sister yeah. so uh her sister emma is visiting from the u.s i have questions i'm wondering if she's just failing college because she just is there for two months in the middle yeah. of the semester <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there, there definitely feels like there's a whole story there. Like, we could have had Emma clips. And yes, we for sure. I was like, because Emma's like, sorry, I didn't come for Christmas. But here I am for two months in February and March in the middle <laughs> yeah. of my semester. What up, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a really fascinating character. I think they, she doesn't have a lot of screen time. She doesn't, but, but I think they set up that family dynamic in, like, the first clip that she arrives. So absolutely well. absolutely i love that when she's coming in to the house and nora it's kind of breakfast she, she doesn't even have her makeup on or anything and she's just staring at her sister with this look of pure adoration 
I mean, I loved it. I loved it so much. It was, I, I looked at my, I mean, I don't have uh, siblings, direct siblings. I have older cousins and who, who were very much like my siblings growing up. And that was that look of like, like they're here, you know, um, it was so pure. And, and yet it, there was always, there was also this ris- disruption a little bit because like you can tell that moments before she was considering telling something to her mother, which doesn't seem like a thing that they uh, do that often. Do very and often, yes. As soon as Emma arrives, she's the focus of everyone. Um, Completely. Because she's, I mean, I think she's such a big personality, whereas Nora, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot with siblings. Well, if you're the big personality, then I have to be uh, the more subdued one. Oh, if you're the crazy one, then I have to be the responsible one. Completely. One of the things I love about Emma as a character is that not only is she kind of interesting and very quickly you understand a lot about her and why she is the way she is. She reflects. She's not just there as a plot device and she's not just there because like, oh, family should have siblings. She, knowing about Emma, teaches us about Nora. Yes. And yet it doesn't feel that Emma, I don't think that there's a resentment from Nora about it, although they do both acknowledge that they're not as close as they want to be. That's sort of their art. Trusting, I think, each other with other parts or their whole parts of who they are, right? Because even in her family, it does seem like Nora struggles with the same problem that she struggles with the girl squad, being beyond that image of control, right? And so her journey with her sister is kind of like loosening up on that and being willing to communicate. Yeah, but, that last, the very last clip when she calls her sister, and she's like, I exactly. wanted to tell you. That's oh. a very deliberate choice, and, and, it, and I thought it was really, really well done, and, and it paid yeah. off, and, and I'm so glad that she has that person for her and her family now. And then speaking about knowing her sister lets us know more about Nora, it also has to do with the rape storyline. Exactly, yes. So it's not Nora who goes through getting drunk and the party and in her case, the the rape. Nora goes through it as the sibling of the survivor, yes. the younger sibling of the survivor, and how that marks her. And I, and, and I, I thought it was a fascinating uh, choice to make. It totally justifies Nora's refusal to drink and also mm-hmm. her cautiousness around men. Yes. But it's, it's weirdly sort of like learned. It's not something that happened to her, but this yeah. trauma was so big for this family. I mean, at least for the two sisters. Yes. That it, it actually affected her outlook on things. Yes. So it's like, I think it's also this acknowledgement of like the shirt trauma of these experiences that sometimes isn't totally. acknowledged a lot. You know, you see it when like, you'll hear a rape survivor who has to go on the stand and like does like this like, hard-wrenching like letter about how every aspect of her life and how it's touched this but and yet here it's so simple and so effective that you're like oh that's that's why she's that way she is that's why she freaks out about this that's why and the difference on how it affects that both of them how it affects Nora's behavior and how it affects Emma's behavior yeah and it's interesting the thing you said about um how it's almost like you you wonder whether Emma actually is flunking out of college because I was thinking that the whole time too and you see, you so quickly see her self-destructiveness and how she's actually not over still this thing that happened to her. Um, In fact, there's a scene, I think it's in like episode three, where she and Nura get into an argument. And I'm thinking about that argument too, about like feminism. And, uh, (laughs) but but there's a line that, that I was thinking of, I think we're thinking about the same line, where Emma is basically saying that she just wants to be a normal girl. 
Like she says, right. when a chica normal. And that's, that's her response to it. It's like, you know, this trauma is not going to destroy my life. I'm right. not going to let it. And so right. that, that's, this is her version of that. I'm still going to go out. I'm still going to drink. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to continue to be at the Emma that I always was. But she has to deal with it, right? But she has to. And there's a quality to her, both her defensiveness and anger in that moment, and also even just the, the nature of her, I don't know, just the delivery of her lines, where there's this, it's just so clear, she is not past that trauma. And she is not just being a normal girl. I mean, that's at least how I read the scene. Yeah, the, the yeah, show yeah. doesn't really go far into it, but I would be fascinated. Because it's not, because it's not her season, right? It's not, it's, yeah. but... But I think there exactly. is enough hints of that, that you do get that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a really great addition to the OG, like a really great yeah. writing. Yeah, and, and it felt like a pretty authentic sibling relationship totally. where you love each other and you fight. And the scene where she's straightening. Uh, oh, straightening her hair. I was yeah. like, oh, like my cousin does that for me. Like she'll, right. like, uh, she'll be like, let me just do it. And like, uh, so. There's such yeah, a familiarity was, there, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that for all the times that Nora almost tells her sister about something that's going on, and clearly Nora is, something is going on with Nora, and Emma asks, but never quite pushes, and in fact, almost smooths things over. Um, like the first argument she had with Alejandro, she's kind of upset about it, and her sister's only saying, well, I mean, couples argue, like, it's not a, it's not a fight, you know, I mean, sorry, yeah. it's not a competition. So, it's in, it was interesting to me how <laughs> well, I think Emma isn't mature enough to recognize, even though she's older, uh, to recognize these signals. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that that conversation is really interesting too, because I, because I, because I can't help but I, my first instinct is to get a little bit at Emma, but it's not her fault because she, fault because she doesn't know, she can't know. Not at this know, point, yeah. not, you know, she doesn't have those tools. Yeah, and it's, I mean, when we talk about their... Uh, well, and also the aspect that is kind of interesting because it's kind of, we never, I think, see them really ever together. Technically, the person who brings Mikel into her life is, is Emma. Emma. Oh, that's such a good point. Yes, that's that disruption. Yeah. Uh, again, speaking to that. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great observation. I, oh, I was going to say, I think also the, the reasonableness of what she is saying in that scene about like, well, couples fight. Part of what's so insidious about the Mikhail relationship is that for so long, it seems so reasonable. And yeah. to outsiders and to Nora herself, you, you can't argue with what he's saying. It, it makes that perfect was, sense. That was the fascinating part of watching it clip to clip. The comments on those clips. People wow. really like Mikhail. Like, okay, so I have a question about, I, yeah. there was one clip that didn't have English subs. Is that what happened? Something happened. I had to look it up on YouTube. And it was the clip, it was the Valentine's Day, when on the hilltop, looking out. And he said, oh, I, I, I had to find it in place. another playlist on, okay. uh, on yeah. The so, so I had to find it, and, and I found it, and the subtitles were different, and it said something like, you know, he says, I'm not going to say in Spanish, he says, I love you, and the subtitles say, I love you, parentheses, R.I.P. Narendra shippers, and I, I, that took me aback, because I was like, wait, did people, were people rooting for this ship in it's the beginning? So, so it's, fa it's so fascinating to me, because as established, I fucking hated his face from the moment he stepped into the screen. <laughs> I, like, hated him. 
in my head, I was turtleneck. Like, if you look at my notes, every two episodes, I'm like, I fucking hate his turtlenecks. Um, I can write, I can talk for an hour about his clothing choices alone. But keep going. I keep going. fucking hate him. But I do Me remember too. being fascinated by, I assume, mainly the younger viewers, the ones who Movistar is trying to get to watch their show, really rooting or finding themselves conflicted because they like Alejandro so much about yeah. rooting for this or about liking the romantic kiss on the top of a thing or like uh -huh. etc. So I was like, how can you not see where this is going? Is me screaming, right? Yes. Yes, there were definitely, I don't know how big they were. Uh, but there was of, a fan, a shipping yeah. fandom. Okay, that's really interesting to me. Because for me, like you, I know exactly the scene that I was like, oh, I see where this is going. It was, it, I think it was the second scene that he's in. <laughs> and from then on, he's extremely, he, I, he, I, I, would, I felt sick in some of his scenes. Like literally yes, feeling yes. to throw up. But... Uh, I kept calling him in my head like evil Seth Cohen because he looks like Seth Cohen. Oh my god! But I did find it fascinating and just brilliant. That's the, that's I think the, my favorite thing about the writing of the season is how much they actually do, not just in the beginning but throughout, to make him a likable person. Yeah. And I think unless you know he's where not, it's going, he's n he's never as much as I hate him. He's never really a monster. I just no. like. I mean, he kind of is a monster, but not in the sort of superficial, obvious yes, way. Not in the way that we're used to seeing them, where it's so signaled and it's so like every, there's just nothing redeeming about them, right? And uh -huh. so like, you're like, oh, it's a little sketchy that he showed up at school, like the second day that they've, you know, they've oh my God. And they've hung up. But, oh God, you know, whatever, like he likes her, right? And so, yeah. so, so it's just these little things you're like, oh, I guess that's kind of romantic or creepy. Uh <laughs> Okay, okay. So, so, uh, one thing, uh, when he shows up, he, here's what we find out about him. He's very, he's aspirational, like, he wants to be a journalist, um, he's very musical, he's kind of presented as, like, Nora's ideal guy. She, yes, he is, on paper, what she, if she, if she made a list of all the things that she wants, she would describe him. And he I think that's why, yeah, I think that's why she's willing to give him a chance, because even though she keeps being like, oh, I'm not interested, I'm interested, she's like, well, he 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 is everything I've said I want it, so why not, uh -huh. right? Like, yeah, exactly. what argument do I have left? He's cool. He's older. He's super handsome. He he takes her to this used bookstore. I mean, I know. He's oh, ideal. so pause, pause. That uh -huh. used bookstore is a reference to OG Sam, our OG uh, Nora. She spent the year before in Madrid. Oh, her header is the outside of that uh of that used bookstore. bookstore. Oh my god, that's amazing! I did not know that. I knew it yeah. was a bookstore. I remember the word biblio, but I did not yeah. uh, know it was the same one. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, that's the same. One. But yes, go on. Yeah. So yeah, so oh, like he likes books. He challenges her. It's all these things that this is what she's always said she wanted, right? Yes. And you know, okay, so he's a bit older, but she's very mature for her age. Is what she is thinking and everyone around her is thinking you know he gets her theater tickets you know he has like does he have a car i guess i've never seen him driving but he yeah he mentions having a car no we, yeah. we saw him driving uh to pick up to find drunk emma oh yes totally yeah See, and i mean i could go on and on for all the like he just hits every single mark one thing just from a pure screenwriting thing i wanted to point out that i was just in love with one of the first things they talk about is she asks him i don't know i can't remember the name i think it's amelia how's amelia and he's like, oh, yeah, she's fine. And he shows her pictures of his tortoise. 
And I was cracking up because I was clearly, this is a save the cat moment, except it's yeah. a save the tortoise. <laughs> yeah, you're like, was, hey, this guy, this guy's okay because he like, he likes he cute likes animals, right? Animals, totally. And I, yeah, I was just dying. I was like, they are working so hard to make him likable. And it's, it's working. I mean, I, I, I knew where it was going, but I completely understand why he's likable or like, yeah, that he, he is. Exactly. I struggled with it because of my hate, hatred from day one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and it's so funny because I, it's not coming from a shipping place at all. Like, it's not like, <laughs> no. I was just like, nope, there's something wrong about this guy. And so I saw the romantic moments. I saw, I understood what Nora was saying and what she liked about it uh, uh-huh. and why, like, she was swept off her feet. And But I was also like, nope, 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 nope. All the nope, time. Nope. 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 Okay. So, so him, like you mentioned, him showing up at the school. I mean, doesn't that sound like the ultimate high school dream? Like I remember yeah. being in high school. I was uh, my boyfriend was a year older than me, so he went to uh, freshman year of college. We stayed together throughout college. Um, he, he was a freshman when I was a senior, so sometimes he would come and pick me up from school, and it was just like the coolest, most amazing thing in the, the world. Older guy. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just kind of like, you know, you're getting picked up in a car and your girlfriend and he comes over and he like, you know, gives you a peck on the cheek and everyone kind of understands you're an item, like everything about it. Um, it's, and and there's, but even the insidiousness of the, of part of the insidiousness of that, I think in this case, is he, because, because he first appears to them as this like ideal teenage dream, that's part of why they don't see what's going on with her for so long. Because yes. for so long, they keep saying things like, Oh, you're a cool older boyfriend, Chris especially. And I think, and and I think for Chris, it's about having something to connect with with Nora, right? Like, yes, oh, boy, another like, built-in relationship. Exactly, and so even though like you know, Chris right now is with Joanna, whatever, but it's still like somewhere where maybe there's always been this like gap between them to a certain extent, and here here's uh-huh. something that we can like you know gush over, right? And I think it's something that Nora. So enjoys like well, crude skits to make fun of me and like ask the inappropriate questions and like so so it so it gives another aspect to the relationship that she kind of feels like I mean I'm embarrassed and annoyed but she kind of loves it too right like this is Completely. this is how Chris is with everyone and now she gets to be this way with me. Completely. I also you I think you mentioned this too but Nora does push back a little bit when he got takes her to the theater afterwards she's like oh I know where this is going we're gonna have a drink we're going to go back to your place. Yeah, of so she, she's kind of like putting up a barrier and he just like plows right through it. He knows exactly what buttons to push. It's amazing. Yes. I think he is attracted to a certain type of girl who is mm-hmm. probably very smart and confident and likes the things that he likes. And then he... Well, whatever. he's a fascinating person. So he talks about how Olga broke up with him and she cheated on him actually. And yeah. so this kind of behavior, the kind of like, gripping, controlling behavior that he starts exhibiting is kind of like typical for someone who, I mean, I don't know if it's typical, but like one of the things that can trigger that is going through a situation like with Olga where she cheats on him and he's very hurt and so he overcompensates. Yeah, but I do do like, I was going to say, I do like how they include the roommate being like, look, by the end, that was toxic on both sides because I do think that 
that behavior probably started much earlier before and then eventually she cheated and he was like see i was right i was right i was right and now i'm gonna uh overcompensate so it's not it's it's complicated as nora has to learn that not everything is black and white but i give the show a lot of credit for sort of like sneaking in this one moment with that friend who's like what like because nora's just generally surprised of like why are you still friends with this girl if she's the worst like that's what she's implying in between the lines and he's kind of being like, well, you know, it's it was a fucking complicated situation and they were toxic to each other. He just right. says it. Like, right. There's, there's a, an, I think it's after their first argument when he shows up at Nora's door. It's after he thinks Alejandro, after he insinuates that there's something between her and Alejandro. Oh, so not Alejandro, sorry, her and Jorge. And that like, he doesn't want her rehearsing Jorge. with Jorge. Yeah, he doesn't want her rehearsing with Jorge as much. And after that fight, so he shows up at her door and he, he apologizes and he says, and, but the way he frames his apology is always about her. It's her fault. Even though he says it in a pretty way, yeah. he says, I just can't imagine a guy not being attracted to you. But it's putting the, the onus on her. You know what I mean? Like she is doing something. She's being attractive. She is attracting men. And then he says, it's just a matter of time before she breaks up with me. And I think that is actually like a crucial part of his character where I think there's truth to that. And, and, and then something I realized, I was like, this is a cycle. Here's how it works. He gets with a girl. He legitimately likes her. I mean, you know, he legitimately of course, likes, yeah. yeah. I do think he targets, and it's interesting, she's so much younger than him. I do think he targets unconsciously, he targets probably girls who he can control easier. And then he starts this cycle of slowly getting more and more controlling, slowly isolating her more and more from her friends and family Mm -hmm. to the point where she starts going a little bit nuts. She starts lying, compartmentalizing her life. That, so then that transforms, then basically he like pushes her into cheating is how I imagine that happened. Very similarly to how it almost happened here. Well, it's like, it's like needing a way out. And sometimes the easiest way out is to cheat. Because exactly, exactly. And, and almost like, because you do care for you or the girl do care for him. But some part of your psyche is saying, get out. You, you need to get out. You need to get and out. So you, you just destroy it. You smash it. So then he's, then he's justified in his anger. He has created the situation, but now he feels justified in being angry and, and it's all her fault. And so I just thought like this guy, this poor guy, at some point they talk about Joanna and her BPD and stuff. And uh, Nora says like, well, what about Joanna? You guys fight, you forgive her. And Chris says, well, but she has a mental illness. What is what's his excuse? And it kind of like gloss over in a weird way, but I was like, no, he does too. He has a personality disorder, like the size of the moon. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't excuse I think, the behavior. I think, I think they're, I mean, I think, yes, but I think what they're saying, it's like, I mean, that it's still different. Uh, let me see. I actually, do, I really don't think it is. I, I like, I, bipolar disorder is a personality disorder, just like narcissistic personality disorder. It's not classified the same way as say schizophrenia. You know, it's always biology, like nature and nurture. They are technically the same classification. but do you, but I don't think that Chris and Nora should treat that relationship the same way. No, absolutely not. Okay, because I mean, that's one good thing. No, 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 absolutely not. And one good thing that Chris does say is like, yeah, but Joanna is getting treated, and she goes to see a psychologist. And exactly. She's yeah, yeah. Better, and and that he's like he may get to that point, but 
I just thought like, man, this guy's going to go through his entire life creating these cycles of drama um, until he ends up either alone or committing suicide or murdering someone, right? Like it's just going to keep escalating. Unless it felt so help, clear yeah. to me. Um, unless, unless something happens that knocks him out of it, that is able to make him understand that the issue lies with him, not the women around him. He doesn't yeah. have the worst luck in women and that he needs to seek help. Okay, I'm going to be like a little bit honest. Like I've talked about having like um, kind of a manipulative problematic boyfriend in the past. And there are scenes in this season that could be from my life. It was so eerie seeing it play out exactly. I mean, in a weird way, it's cathartic. I mean, it was a long time ago, so I feel like I should be over it. But clearly I had such a strong physical reaction that it, and I had kind of like moments of like, oh, it wasn't my fault. And it's so weird that I still, and I think, some so part I think, of my brain held on to yeah, that. I think, I mean, continue your story I just wanted to one thing where no, it's like part. I think that's why this season is so important because I think when when you see manipulation when you see abuse uh there's a very specific image that you have and this is what most this is what it usually looks like uh yeah. it, it's much more subtle it's <laughs> and a lot of it I think takes years that in retrospect you go oh that was a bad relationship I needed to get out of that and was like this that guy was, was grooming me good. this guy yeah. was doing uh like you know so that's why i'm really glad that this season exists i, um, had I know i know that a lot of uh, countries actually sometimes uh, acquire uh og scam to teach and so like when i look at the season of espana that's what i see in it too uh that value uh and i think it uh -huh. is valuable Completely, uh, completely. And, and um, so, so things like, and this is what I said when I said, I think the writing of this is kind of brilliant because they nailed some things that, like some details that I, I feel like whoever did wrote this, I mean, the people who wrote this, did their research. I mean, I'm sure they did that anyway. But also just like, I feel like somebody must have gone through this. But here are like the small things right away where I would feel like, I, I would feel like ice in my stomach. Um, or an early scene with, when she's out shopping with Ava and I think um, Anira yeah. is there. Yeah. And he's texting her. Right. So, so here are the signs. Like he's constantly texting her um, when she's not with him. Um, so he's constantly like, intruding in her space. He shows up unannounced all the time. He, yeah. Whenever they're together, he's like begging her to stay longer every single time I'm pretty sure that they're just hanging out he's like oh please just five more minutes just five more minutes right which on the surface just seems romantic but the, all together all these things together are really insidious yes, um, he never that, ever actually invites Emma anywhere it's all a lie we and, know <laughs> that, oh yeah that's totally a lie he's he, I'm sure, there's, certain, there's a lot of things that signal to me that he's lying about a lot of things he does take her to the theater. He's always talking about these friends he has. And he does take her into the theater, but he clearly at least knew somebody there or bribed somebody there. But it yeah. was interesting to me when they're talking about going to Rome. And he says, oh, can we, let's not go stay with my friend. Let's go get an apartment. And I was like, 100% there's no friend in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, no doubt. Um, okay, Rome, those extravagant gifts, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone else gets her, like, you know, a hat. Alejandro gets her, like, a, a jar can. of candy. Yeah. yeah like, candy. They're thoughtful and they're from the heart, but they're not, they're not, they don't need to be. And yet he's like, we're going to go to Rome. Yeah. Um, the, I think that's part of that, part of that, 
spec not spectrum but like part of that um i think i think is that what you're picture. saying it's like it's these things where you can constantly be like oh oh well i guess that's romantic and 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 yet even if there's a like you can kind of see yourself buying it or believing it or trying to go along with it uh -huh. um, to me the moment that i was like okay this just blatant and you cannot uh like you have to as a viewer i think at this point see where this is going i hope is okay. by, after the party uh on episode six at the beginning where where he's like he basically is like do not talk to your friends about us anymore ever again yes. just the yes. two of us yeah i was like yeah okay this like guys come yes. tell me yes. that yes. you're seeing this yeah that's when it starts it's, it goes from like extremely subtle to a little bit more overt and it still yeah. has more to go yes yeah, so um, for sure yeah oh of course the jealousy the, not jealousy paranoia and and the whenever hope. it's kind of like what you're saying whenever you know he's apolo he's apologizing it's always about her like what you said her. before like her her uh -huh. but then there's also about how i can't deal with lies anymore i can't do this and, and it's, but it's all about victim. her behavior always so yes. He yeah, is always the victim and she's always exactly. the one. Always. Yeah, totally. So how Every he single time. those conversations is really interesting. Okay. Another thing is like he needs to be her center of attention always. When he's not with her, he's texting her. One small thing I noticed, he's always late, right? When they're meeting, he's always running up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm late. I know I'm late. He's always late. Her time, when he pops into her whenever he wants, into her, into her world, he's always demanding her time and her attention. But he, his time doesn't, is it is, is yeah, you know he doesn't give her the same respect yes yeah i thought it was like a really amazing new like a detail that they captured so incredibly well that if you're not even paying attention you, i don't think you would even like put two and two together the the naked pictures uh <laughs> yeah yeah i thought it's interesting it's almost like a nod to the original but then they don't use it exactly the same way yeah when exactly. they I, of course i knew they were going to come back up and then when he kind of doesn't do anything he says he's going to release them i'm like oh here we go now we're going to but then they kind of drop it and i thought it was, I actually really liked that I, I um i felt more realistic so apart from sort of i don't i, I don't have a parallel to every single behavior that he has that maybe is something you might have seen to some extent with William and Nora. I do know that there was sort of like complicated feelings because there are blatant iconic Norhelm scenes that are given to Mikhail and Nora. Like Absolutely. the text, texting at the party uh, and uh -huh. then to like uh, have sex for the first time. Right. Uh -huh. like that is that, that's the big sort of like uh Nora and William moments actually one of my favorite moments because I think they're like two cute idiots like at a party uh texting and like whatever uh, and yeah so that's one that, of their that, that's given to them and reframed um I know there's other ones but I'm totally blanking and then obviously he he is also the Nico character because he's the one who takes the pictures but then they also don't like take it to that to that level but they are there the lesson is there <laughs> be careful uh -huh. i mean it's a little taking it away but it's about sort of like those parallels that they made mm -hmm. a little bit of the controversial one is having her wake up after the party next to alejandro mm -hmm. um, because when when you think of that and when you think of the original you think of like the biggest creep that has ever existed right nico um and so there was this uneasiness, even on my part, of like, oh, okay, like, to make 
to, to even make any association of Alejandro with that character feels a little weird and icky. Uh-huh. Uh, even though I think no one knows, and we as the viewer pretty much trust that nothing happened, right? Uh, yes. And it does yeah. actually take a couple of days, not as long as it takes for Nora to find out an OG when it comes to Nico. Uh, but but there is that anxiety, and I felt anxious about giving me that anxiety about Alejandro because mm. I don't want those you feelings. Were rooting for him? Yes, <laughs> I don't want those feelings towards Alejandro, right? Right, right, right. I guess I didn't. I I was aware that they were contrasting. They were contrasting the two stories, and they were using you know iconic elements. For some reason, that one didn't. Okay, I was thinking it's a little bit of what you said that every time they have the Alejandro moments, though it's so clear what the shift is. So like even that moment when she wakes up, he immediately wakes up and tries to find her. Like that's yes. his first, like, yeah. so there's always all these nods of like, he's doing the right thing. And like, we can kind of at least have that reassurance as an yes. audience that like, okay, whatever happens, it's gonna work out because like, look at him being the, the, the good guy, the decent guy doing the right thing. Like he, he would never, right? Yeah, I think by that point, I was so sort of like, oh, he's a decent guy that I, I think my brain just didn't go there into that anxiety. I, but I think that is like where another moment right after when they're super contrasting Nora Helm with, well, I don't know what the... I what, don't know. Uh, Mikkel. 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 Yeah. You know, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, it, it, she's come, stumb- It's the morning after scene. She's stumbling out. She's super hungover. And she's checking her phone. And in the phone is a message from, in both cases, there are messages from the guy. And in yes. one case, it's this like mixture of relief because it's what she wanted, but also horror because like, oh my God, what did I just do at this party? And in this case, I guess it is kind of the same. Uh, but, it, but it's, I don't think it's, I think despite her panic that she's pretty sure, even if something did happen with Alejandro, it was consensual. I think it's more of a fear I, like when she hears that, it's already fear by that point. Yes, because no matter what because, the answer is, this is going to yes. be bad for me. Like yes. even if I, we just slept in the same bed, even if like what something happened, like regardless of what it is, there is already that instinctual fear. Yes, I think like as a viewer and as Nora in the OG, when you see those text messages, your first reaction is relief. Like, oh my God, thank God, like you, like happiness. And then you suddenly realize like, oh fuck, what has happened? Exactly. But I think in this case, your first, my first reaction was like, oh no, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. Like exactly. she's a child and this is yep. her parent. And she knows that she's going to be in trouble. He's not going to like this. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's, and, that's and, what it's gonna be, and it's going to be more conflict and he's just going to yell and it's going to be another argument and I'm going to have to deal with it. Right. So it was um, really interesting with, with my mom to see her, how frustrated she was with Nora sort of then going around to everyone being like, I have to tell him, right? I have to tell him, right? And he's like, no, why? And I'm like, because I'm brainwashed. He's been brainwashed. Yeah, there's no, there's no, she already knows what he expects and she, she just believes it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I understand being frustrated. I, I was more, I think, sad and just wanting to rescue her. I I can see myself in a different, maybe when I'm older or something being frustrated, but in this, in this instance, I just wanted to like reach into my television and, and rescue her. Oh my god, I wanted and... to stab him so much. <laughs> okay, uh, can we talk about his clothes? Do you want to talk about his clothes for like five minutes? Can. I like... just wanted to say one one quote uh-huh. of his. I'm trying to see what scene it is because again, I just wrote I hit I'd hit his turtleneck, so that could be any scene. Um, <laughs> she tells him, and then I think and maybe it's that first fight in public, or maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Oh, no, no. I think it's when she goes to visit him that second time to apologize. And then he's all like, I'm not, I'm not always the one who's going to have to give in. Or like, oh my God. And I was like, I, I'm going to throw something. I'm going to throw my phone. I think the exact line is, I'm giving you another chance. So you're going to have to sacrifice too. There you go. So I, I, I don't know because I, I wrote everything in Spanish. So this is very confusing. So like, oh yeah, no, I mean, no like it's not going to be like I'm going to give you another chance. It's not always going to be me who like has to like. Yeah, I don't know how to translate "seda" really. That's what I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that that was a revolting moment. But yes, we can talk about his turtlenecks. <laughs> okay, this is the turtlenecks. He has repulsive wardrobe in general. Yes, in what, general. It, it, and and it, and I think that's it. Kind of helped me a little bit because I think he actually is a handsome guy. But I hated so much everything he was wearing that I I, I didn't quite see it. I the first time I noticed just how repulsive it is is in the bookstore scene. He's wearing I think a kind of an oversized um, knit, cable knit turtleneck, obviously, with these horrible plaid pants, like short on him. And it's it's but the thing is, it's not stylish. It's not like ex, um, eccentric hipster and you know vintage bookstore guy outfit. He's mm-hmm. dressing like how do I put this? Um, he's a 20-year-old dressing the way he thinks a 40-year-old thinks a 20-year-old dresses. <laughs> like a cool 20-year-old. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that hideous scarf that's always just like drowning him. You know oh my I mean? god, yes. <laughs> and I think she starts wearing scarves that drown her. And then obviously um, the the... Uh, this has become sort of like a thing in every Nara season, but I did like the use of the lipstick as like a, uh, a mark of where Nora is. Yeah, and they make it very explicit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And- it's all, yes. It, especially, I think in her, her case, because I don't, I know it's a Nora thing, but I do not mm-hmm. think that she has the best face for this particular like shade um, of lipstick. So yeah, I noticed yeah. it even it's more. It's not her coloring. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I notice it even more uh, when she does not have it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. She's, yes, she looks, I think she looks prettier without it. It's interesting that. Um, yes, my mother, had, actress... my mother had opinions about the level of prettiness of everyone. Oh. <laughs> she actually thought that Viri is the prettiest because she's so beautiful without any makeup on. Oh, uh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's a very mom really thing like to that say. <laughs> really, every time Eva showed up, she'd be like, she's pretty too. And I'm like, yeah, you've already told me that. Go I was going to say, oh, yeah, just the casting choice of uh, Nora is interesting. Mm-hmm. She is so young looking. Even when she turns 18, I was like, oh, my God, you're 18? Like, it looks like you're 16. She's so, like, young looking. And it almost, it, it almost had a, might have worked against the show in a way because there were moments where I was like, I don't know that I believe that this guy, but uh, not Alejandro, uh, Mikel. There's <laughs> moments when uh, I don't even believe that Mikel like, would chase her so much. Later, as I started understanding his pathology, I was like, oh, I totally understand. It ends up working really well because it makes the whole thing so much more awful somehow. She's so, yeah. like the, the, the scene when um, the first time we meet the roommate, I remember being like my my hair was standing up on my on my arms because I was like these roommates are noticing that she is so young. It's it, like it was it's so creepy. Like they must be thinking it. Or 
like the scene where they first make out, they go to the apartment for the first time and they kind of start making out and she, she doesn't want to go any further. And he kind of makes some joke about having to go take a bunch of showers, but it's so clear how different, like, even though it's maybe it's only two or three years difference, but they, in terms of experience and intent, uh, yeah, they are 100%. in different universes. <laughs> and it's so clear. Um, anyway, I, I think I just thought of that again, because the lipstick is on, on, on OG Nora, it's, it's very much a part of her. I think she owns it. In this version of Nora, it feels like part of that image that she puts on to pretend that she's older, to control yeah. the things, to control herself and the world around her. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I know it plays a role, does kind of same thing in both versions, but it seems so starkly clear here. Yeah, to me, it's just, it's just, yeah, somehow it doesn't feel as natural as it feels with Nora. Totally, um, totally. I, I don't want to completely shift away, but I do want to start talking about some other parts. So I feel like uh -huh. maybe we can do that in contrast. And so I, I guess we can do sort of, okay. So I do want to talk about Vidi and sort of like this other um, parallel story. And we can, we can, maybe the way to start with that is the Vidi Hugo storyline first, because it's such, <laughs> it's made directly in contrast. In contrast. The whole idea yeah. of it, right? Like it's a deliberate yeah. choice that is made. So yes, um, for people who just watched it on YouTube, there are Vidi. So uh, Movistar made the choice um, and they, I remember they announced it and I think it was Dia de los Inocentes, which is like Spanish April Fools. So everyone was like, is this actually happening or not? Uh, mm -hmm. And it basically was, and I think this is, so we've talked about there's certain characters that it seems like NRK and Julie are not willing to let be full uh, character seasons. Uh, and from what we understand, it's either everyone who was the original, I don't know, but definitely no Evan and definitely not Vilda as, as far as we'll, we, we can grasp right so so people have found like little loopholes to do these type of things and in the case of this it's like well it's not a whole season here's some specific clips that is content and you can only get on the paid uh, movie star like website right and so that's sort of the way that she doesn't get 25 minutes she gets three to five minutes per per episode per uh, week yeah yeah per week so, so that, it does give you a glimpse into Vidi's world, which I actually quite liked. And sort of the journeys are supposed to be parallel in opposite ways. Like, I don't know how to, how do I? Like, I guess perpendicular is when they intersect, but they're kind of, they're going in opposite trajectories, right? So one of the things that I liked, and maybe I was the only person. So basically, um, they go on, there's like parallel journeys with their shadows, um, uh -huh. kind of. Yeah, so I think she starts here and she ends up. Here. Yes, it's, it's uh, very kind of trying to walk into a wall um, yeah. in, in, and, and uh, by the end, very joyful and kind of holding hands with her shadow almost. Yeah, versus Nora uh, starts, what was the first one? God, that, that poster right there that you just held is amazing. All the Nora ones are amazing. I love them. So those are my favorite. The Nora ones are my favorite. Yeah. And so the first one that we got, I think, was this was the first one that we got. And we were like, Yeah, what does so that like a, mean? <laughs> so it's like a picture of like a happy, like a pretty happy Dora with this kind of menacing Hitchcockian psycho esque shadow threatening her. And then the, the next one is like half her face is blocked out by the shadow of a man's face. And then there's like various like like hands around her throat, over her face, finger to her lips, shush as if it's saying like shush. It's amazing. Yeah, I think amazing. I might I might have these in the wrong order because I think she's because of the lipstick. So I think these oh, are uh -huh. actually these are actually later when she's not wearing the lipstick. 
Yeah, and this get time is the last one. I'm not sure, but I love them so much. That's why I wanted to share them with you because I, uh, it, you know, it, and and it's something that you actually kind of really experience if you were watching them because I think they would they would share like a new one every week, kind of showing where mentally uh, Nora was at, right? That's great. Uh, but I just they just left such an impression that I wanted. <laughs> I really wanted to share them, so it was actually I actually that was where Google. I did have to Google it and find it, uh, and I just thought they were beautiful. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. Of telling the story that I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I love them. I had seen the one of Miri walking into the wall and the one um, that I think is the very first one of Nora where she's kind of smiling and there's like yeah, shadow looming over her. Those are the two that they started with. So those are the ones that they use I think, officially for the most part. So, so the reason that I bring Miri in now is because to me, uh, a scene that I loved because it felt very scam to me in the way that there's like several things happening at the same time uh, as I love and it's where they're 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 uh, Amira's uh has the event for her association where a bunch of the kids are playing soccer with Danny so you get Danny uh -huh. and Amira a little bit there uh and oh then, yeah that's the second Danny and Amira <laughs> yeah. moment oh I know I I know uh <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then you have all the sort of the girls squat together, which kind of had been a while. So you have that and that dynamic in the conversation. And then you have Didi talking about Hugo uh, and that whole thing. And then that's when Nora has sort of her breakdown moment of realization finally yeah. sharing, uh, with the girls. So I, uh, uh -huh. so I just appreciated all those things happening. And I just thought it was a good sort of entryway of- Yes, it's, it's where the two, thing. where the two sort of like perpendicular stories uh, hit into each other, right? Like bump into each other and affect, start affecting each, well, one affects the other one more. Mm -hmm. um, that is one of the best themes. I mean, there's so many good ones, it's, it's hard for me to choose. But in terms of capturing that experience of her slowly starting to lose herself, lose a sense of herself, start compartmentalizing her life. So like that when she, when she lies or intends, she plans to just go to Alejandro's party and not tell him about okay. it. She's yep. starting to compartmentalize. And then of course she gets caught. Um, I know, bit, like, and it's Chris, and you're like, you feel a little bit betrayed by Chris, but Chris has no idea. Like, no how, idea. how could she know? It's, and it's also it's perfect, because it is those kind of tiny things, just like life, because these are things that you, it's impossible to keep secret, and also you shouldn't keep secret, you shouldn't have to. Um, so, or, or like, and um, in, in how she's lying to her friends, she's lying to him. There's this moment after one of their, they're about to get back. Oh, it's the scene where she has woken up after with Alejandro in the bed. She, it's the first time she's seeing him and she's going to tell him about it, despite everyone telling her not to. And they begin the scene and he says, he says, oh God, I just want to claw my face off. He says, he's all like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. I haven't seen, I missed you so much. It's been a whole week. And she says, I, we saw each other on Tuesday, right? And he's like, oh yeah, well, that's long enough. And it's, it's one of those things again, where it's like, this should be romantic, but it's awful. It's oh, awful. Yeah. And, and then she says, and then he asks her, like, how did your project go? And she's like, what? And then that's when you realize she lied to him again. Yeah, she's been lying. Yeah. She doesn't want to see <laughs> him. So she good. doesn't want to see him. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. She doesn't want to scare. She's scared. She doesn't want to piss him yes, off. Yes, exactly. And then, and, she's trying and to buy her herself some time. And one of those brilliant scenes, again, of capturing, I mean, I'm sorry I keep going on and on about this, but I have never seen, I'm sure there are other media that I've just avoided them for obvious reasons, but I've never seen 
my feelings in that period captured so incredibly well. And so that scene where she's on, on the bleachers watching the soccer and she's listening to Viri talking about how wonderful her relationship is. Yes. And, and everything her relationship is in. It's, yep. just, it's so starkly like her realizing like relationships shouldn't be like this. They shouldn't be so painful. And I remember having that thought, that realization, <laughs> which is such a stupid in retrospect thing to have to realize, but it, it just, that's how it happens. I wanted to actually write down what Vidi says because I really liked it, but I think there were so many things happening that I didn't have time. I just write Vidi happy. But, but yeah, she says something uh -huh. like, this is just how it feels when you're with someone who's good or who's right or something like that. And like, isn't this yeah. how everyone feels? Uh, yeah, because one of them says, oh, you, that's how, it, she says something about like, that's because you're smitten. And she says, no, I was smitten with Alejandro. Yeah. But it, it was never like this with him. And she says he's like a, the Band-Aid that makes you feel better. Or no, yes. not Band-Aid, but whatever that Percocet or whatever that cream, not Percocet, that's the mommy's little helper pill. <laughs> um, it's one of those like uh, paracetamol creams that you put on when you have a burn. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, and, and it's like the thing that makes you feel better when you're hurt and that's when Nora starts crying. Yeah, exactly. I, so oh. so I, I, I'm, I don't know even why I didn't write it down, so I'm glad you remembered it because I was like, I think I was just so into the moment uh, uh -huh. that I just, I, I didn't have, so I was just like really happy. <laughs> Nora cried. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, and, but yeah, it's just one of the scenes that I remember had stuck with me. I couldn't, uh, and, and I just thought it was such, from a, from a writing standpoint, it just works so well. Um, and I also really like Vidi and, Hu and Hugo, so. <laughs> I love them. They are so adorable. I love them so much. And it makes <laughs> it makes me sad that if you're can't don't have access to them, you don't get that con contrast because it really uh -huh. I really do wish there was a way to have the full episodes as they were actually released in Mo Moe Start because it is kind of like a moment to take a breath in the middle of all of the completely completely uh, and Nora thing. By like, the I was just looking forward to, to those moments so much. Towards uh, the end, I was so relieved to have a very three to five minutes just to like calm down. Yes, exactly. Or just to sort of, yeah, just to de-stress, to let go of some of the anxiety. So yeah, I just, I just thought they were really cute. I thought they did a really good job with them. Um, and yeah, like that, that contrast between those sort of two relationships worked for me. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else like significant though to mention about um, uh, bad Norlhelm um, because I because we could just talk about Viri too. I she has like a little bit, a couple of yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not, really I'm not sure because I'm like you know. I mean, there's there's a couple of big things we didn't mention, not that they really need to, but like him. Oh my God, when he blows up that um, her birthday party, when he blows up her birthday party, right? So he oh finds yeah, out another moment where I was like. That, Oh my God, that and the turntable, these are like psycho moments, okay? Yeah, so yeah. The, he, he destroys uh, Jorge's, I mean, it's implied, and I think obviously no, she, he destroyed Jorge. At, at the last clip, no, I think at the last clip, he, he she confirms it, confirms right? It. He confirms yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he thought, because Jorge on stage said, Nora, you're the greatest, or something like that. Yeah. And then, um, so psych Also psychotic. because Jorge is like a charming, nice guy. Like, and appropriate he, for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, Jor so Jorge then, is, is nice. Jorge is cute. Jorge is charming. Like, I remember one of our issues is that Jorge is too nice. 
<laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, I, that's funny. I, there are a couple of Eva Jorge moments that I loved, and I still like hope that they get together. I know. I love I, them. My, I, I, to, for my mom, I had to be like, "Mom, he's still into her," and she was like, "Okay, got it." Um, <laughs> right. She, um, and then, and then we saw it every single time. Like he would be like, ah, like his eyes, his eyes whenever he looked at her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he got all soft. Oh God. Um, yes. There's a the, but the, the surprise party. Okay, so then he comes to pick up Nora at the school. Chris accidentally says you're coming to Alejandro's party. She her cover's been blown. Turns into a fight. He basically says. He's like, I'm, he walks out and he comes back to tell her, by the way, your right. sister's throwing you a surprise birthday party. I was supposed to bring you, but I, I'm not going. I don't feel, I don't like, I'm mad. And he walks off. And now she has to go home by herself, walk into this party and live this whole party with it yep. on her, on her, her 18th birthday party. Her 18th birthday. That capacity of ruining the good things around you. It's, it's so it's endemic psychotic. of this it's, kind of relationship, uh, but it's, but it's so right. I mean, just, just from like a, yes, I fucking lived that. Like, it's so accurate because it's, I think it comes from like, they are miserable. So they have to make you some degree of miserable all the time. And when, yes, she's, it, when she's riding that train and crying by herself, I was like, I can't believe he just ruined this for you. I can't uh-huh. believe. Like, every time she thinks about her 18th birthday party, this is what she's this going to remember. This is what she's going to think of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's these, it's these cycles, escalating cycles. That was also very telling. It starts up small. First, it's just like, oh, I don't like you rehearsing about Alejandro so much. A little bit of a spat. It's over pretty quickly. He apologizes right away. I mean, not right away, but like heartily. He apologizes. Then it's a bigger fight. Then a bigger one. Then an even bigger one. Every time it's escalating. And every time he apologizes and things calm down for a little while, but the pressure inside of him keeps growing. He cannot. He can't hold it back. He has to act out in this way. Um, it's so fascinating to me. I'm sorry I keep going on and on about this, but it's so well no, no, no. captured. So towards episode seven, you know, it's her talk with Alejandro, which we say it's so nice because there's this contrast. Uh, and even even when he talks her up about like what he liked liked about her, right? A lot of it is not necessarily like all all nice things, right? He's very like you're not the girl that I that I fell for, right? And sort of like that list. I I like that reminder of of who who she is really uh and and some of the stuff is like really petty and yet it's still like kind of like like the fact that they call him the Pomeranian it's not necessarily a glowing list all of it and yet it's all like here are all the aspects of you that I like and it's like all of you essentially and yes I can't maybe I like I think there's an implication of I can't meet you here and here and here which are his insecurities but yet Uh here are all these things that you bring out of me and that I hope that I bring out in you. And like, I don't know, there's just like a lot of implied there that I really liked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. And but he does go away with like, you don't, you don't seem like the Nora that I know. Yeah. And, and then from, the from, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that episode and from then on, you really get the sense that whenever she talks about herself kind of starts to be from the point of view of like how Mikhail perceives her. And it's always yeah. like, well, he's right because of this. And he thinks this and he thinks that. And like, there's just like, there's no space for her when she's she having says, conversations with even with other people. It's like there is kind of this effort to have these conversations, right? She, uh-huh. Like she is seeking out this advice and trying to figure out, and yet she, it, the, the only thing that there's space for is him. Yeah, that that and and even the the problems that he causes with her, that's another way of taking up space in her head. Yeah, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> the more drama he creates, the more she thinks about him. Yep, for sure. I thought it was interesting, even the way that they chose to end the whole thing, right? She tries to break up with him, and she can that first time, and then she finally does. I love that scene a lot. I remember I tweeted, like, that I was so proud of her totally. when that happened. And I am still really proud of her every time I see it. I, yeah, I wrote down the level of strength of character that she has to not take him back in that moment. Mm-hmm. I can tell you with personal experience, it took me way more times of going through this to get to that point. And she, as an 18 year old, got there. She never took him back after that. Yeah. And I was just like, amazing. I love her. I love her for that. Me too. And I love her level of maturity for talking to him that last time yeah there is and actually, there, uh-huh. there is a version where she walks the other way you know like and just ignores him yeah yeah but the fact that i think she felt confident enough to go and have that conversation with him and say her piece which is you need you want to change great i'm not going to be the person who's there for you exactly um, and- you do need the help but i can't i cannot be there for it you have to find a psychologist or something, but I'm not the one to Which do is it. what I had, and I had forgotten that she tells him that because the scene, like, before I would be like, the man just needs some, he needs to talk to someone, he needs to figure his shit out, like. Yeah, so. he's not incapable of love, and he's not incapable of being good. I mean, that moment when he takes her to the theater, like, he legitimately wants her to succeed. He wants to help her feel good. And you see that in those moments where he asks her to sing and whatever, like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing really creepy about it either. You know how I'm always trying to find creepiness in his actions? No, like, it's like... Yeah, it's just that his version of love is always a reflection of himself, right? He can't see her as anything other than how she relates to him, how she is his. And here's the thing, like, I, I thought going into this that everyone's reaction to how creepy it is is that he's older. And he's actually not that much older than her. It's only a couple of years, which certainly is not a big deal. Even in, even in the 18 to 20 year old range, that is actually like not, like it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Their casting choices make him look like the gap is bigger. Yeah. But, but what, I, what I realized is that the issue isn't the age at all. It's like he's a raging, narcissistic asshole. He is controlling. One amazing shot is um, when she has, she's purged Alejandra from all her phone, from her phone, yes. social media. And he's standing over her, like, with his hand in his pocket, like a fucking father who's about to yes. ground her. Yes, It's so and creepy. She, she even looks smaller than usual. Like, completely. Like she, she's her whole body language. She, in the last, like, three to four episodes, she's a shadow of herself. Yeah. And uh, and her sister comments and like on we that. Said, and so you know, props to Nicole because we have questioned her acting ability and she pulls it off. She fucking delivered. Oh my God. I'm sorry, just one more thing I want to point out. And there's like a filmmaking thing for them. And I think I'm done talking about this. I think I've like purged it from my, from my mind. When she goes to break up with him, she is hanging out with his roommate in mm-hmm. the house. He's watching TV. They're waiting for Mikhail. Mikhail comes in, she's about to go with him to break up with him, and the television, which is already some sort of like horror type dialogue, is suddenly a woman screaming and being like, help me, help me, he's gonna kill her, something like that. And I was just like, wow, that is an amazing way to underline, mm-hmm. contextually underline the danger of this moment. I was just so amazed by how controlled and well done it was. Speaking of that breakup scene, I also thought that the dialogue was so well done on both of their part because you know that this thing we're talking about his personality and his inability of sort of like understanding what it is that he's doing uh when he says i've never forced you to do anything he believes that 
completely core. Yeah, right. Absolutely, he is incapable of seeing his role in this problem at the, at this time. Yeah. Um, and, and then even really she well is done. like, even she is willing to be like, yes and no, <laughs> and yes. then sort of like, yes, because and I can again, I can tell you one of the most frustrating things about being in situation is that it's so hard to articulate what is wrong and why. Because again, if you were to tell people about it, it sounds reasonable. He sounds sweet. So he's a little jealous of you. That just means he loves you, right? I heard that constantly. And it's, it, ah, God, that's why I'm so, I think, excited, like enthralled with this season because it is so crazy to see it put on screen and just to be like, yes, it is a mind fuck. Uh, and, and, it, and it's so hard to explain. And they are constantly turning it back around on you. And they are so good at, at putting it back on you in ways that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah well, and, that's, and that's why that's why I admire so much her strength here because at this point the fact that she's able to be heard, right, to say her piece mm-hmm. and and actually walk out when every other time he's managed to find the way to loop her back in, rope her back in, yeah, yeah that's totally. right, rope her back in. Like I said, I was just really proud of her for yeah, doing it and for and, and for as Eva eventually says, but I was trying to hold up the Eva conversation until maybe later. She did it by herself. A lot of the times that is the you have to do it by yourself. There's there's not that much. And the Olga way out was to cheat. Uh, Nora was able to find a way that was in a healthy herself. way. Healthy, yes. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so. not shatter her sense of self by exactly. actually cheating. The way exactly. Eva kind of shattered her sense yes, of self. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, th- I was going to say one, um, I keep saying one last thing. I, I firmly believe if the season had kept going, the first time she tried to break up with him, he's like, my dad was in a car accident. And it's a little bit like, is this true? I, I still don't, don't know knows. it to this day. Yeah. I don't know how he knows that she wants to break up. Maybe he has some sort of like weird psychopathic sixth sense. Or maybe it's true and it's just a bizarre coincidence. But yeah, um, it could be. I think if the, if the season had kept going and if they were to draw this story back and forth anymore, which they shouldn't because it would just been like, just you want to choke yourself to make too it Too much. Stop. Yeah, too much. <laughs> I, the next thing from, from that conversation in front of the school where she tells me she's a psychologist, the next step for him to escalate, to get her back would be to attempt suicide or to fake, to stage mm-hmm. a suicide. Yeah. Um, these are the kind of like tactics was, that mm-hmm. where when one doesn't work, like being angry doesn't work. So you up, be nice you to up you. it. Yeah. You up it. Being nice is no longer enough. I'll guilt you. All right. I think I'm ready to talk about something else. So on that note, we are going to continue to be talking because there's still a lot more to talk about, even related to Mikhail. But I think I want to through the focus of more like Eva and sort of like Nora post the breakup, yeah. I guess. And then we really yeah. do need to talk more about Beatty and at least check in with Teresa and Joanna. And there's so much more. Exactly. So let's say part one is potentially done here. All okay, right. So, so then till next time, everyone. Bye. So goodbye. Come back. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to get it out soon. We are going to record it right now, but we're going to stop here for now. And uh, yeah, continue finding us on social media. All right. I'm going to send you another Zoom.